0: Hello and welcome to episode fifty-two of Booze Booms and Busts. This one is taking place on International Beer Day, so it is especially relevant for the moment. This is the podcast, of course, where we discuss market events while at the same time quaffing a couple of beers that we haven't had before and which we then rate. I am Boaz Shoshan, and I'm joined as ever by Sam Volkring. Sam, how are you getting on this week? Happy International hey, Boaz. Beer
1: Day! Yeah, happy International Beer Day, man! It's uh, cheers to that. What a what a yep. time to be alive! <laughs> something something to look something to look forward to at the end of the week is a few beers, but then on International Beer Day as well. So I'm I'm, I'm getting right into the swing of it, and, and I've got two beers this week. One's from Manchester, so uh, local here in the UK, uh, and the other one is a Mexican lager. Man. All
0: right, so I'm I'm spanning the globe this week. All right, yeah. It's a uh, Yeah. Meanwhile, I in fitting fashion, I am having all beers that have only been made. Within like ten miles of where I'm living, so this is a, it's a nice uh, nice crossover here. Um, which one are you on at the moment? Which one are you started with? Uh, yeah, right. So the first one I've
1: got is a premium chestnut ale. Uh, right. Now it's uh, there's so there's so much going on on this label. Uh, it's J.W. Lee's and Co. Brewers. Uh, and this is the John Lee's Founders Premium Chestnut Ale. Uh, as I say, from the JW Lee's Brew Co. in Manchester. Greengate Brewery, Middleton Junction, Manchester. I don't, there's so much going on. It's like an old school label, kind of like it was something from the 1800s. Um, and a Premium Chestnut Ale, I have never had before that I can recall. Maybe I have, I just didn't know it. But, um, yeah, it's it's what it is, so I'm, 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 I'm not sure what to expect or what to experience here, but uh, it looks, uh, yeah, 4.5% ABV, so it's not too, not too punchy, but yeah, away we go. All
0: right, yeah, that's a good way to start. Uh, this week, uh, I am having only uh, beers from Cheddar Ales, which are, of course, our partner with Booze, Booms, and Busts. We have partnered with them before with Quantitative Ease and with Blockhead, Uh, And I have paid them a visit. It is an incredible tap room that they have here in Cheddar. I highly recommend for anybody who is either traveling through or nearby or, uh, or even as I did. I mean, the main reason I actually went down to Cheddar in the first place was to go and check out, uh, go and actually meet the team at Cheddar Ales in person. Uh, And they're You know, great team, and it's a really, really good tap room. Uh, Of course, I am biased because we've done so much business together. But uh, considering the amount of beer I've drunk, the amount of uh, (laughs) bars I've been to, uh, it is a really, really uh, a lovely tap room experience. Great atmosphere. They do live music there as well, which is great. And, uh, and of course, the beer is very good. And they actually gave me uh, for free a couple of their small batch brew beers when I was there the other week. This one was a re-release of a, a successful one they'd had called uh, Bigger Bully. So they originally did uh, an IPA called Bitter Bully, which was a, I believe is a, a pun on an old TV show. Uh, which I uh, sadly I have not I, I have not watched. I think it was slightly before my time, but they call it Bitter Bully, and then they made an even stronger one called Bigger Bully. So this is a small batch brew uh, by Cheddar Ales called Bigger Bully. It's West Coast IPA, seven point four percent, and Ooh. it is very crisp, uh, very crisp indeed. So for uh, you know, it's been sunny here today. It's also been rainy here today. It's It's going all over the place. But this is uh, perfect for, for this atmosphere because it's still it's really very humid down here, I've noticed. Yeah, it's humid up here, too. It's, it's, it's stuffy. Stuffy
1: is the mm-hmm. word I always use. It's just that awkward kind of weird kind of
0: cool but hot kind of heat. But yeah, cold. it's like you, you go outside and think, you know, actually, I might get a bit cold wearing just yeah. like a T-shirt. And then by the time you come back, you're just soaked in sweat just from <laughs> walking around. It's very, very peculiar but uh yeah i have actually been sampling some of the scrumpy from around here i've wow. not actually i've not actually had still cider before oh, and yeah. uh, and i'm not really a cider guy at all actually scrumpy or However, socks? <laughs> mm, yeah i mean they've got they've got some uh, some decent stuff here i love how it's like sold in in milk cartons yeah. uh, really, really recently made and uh, you can just stroll around drinking scrumpy out of a milk carton it's very yeah. old school <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's got it's, it's hobo chic Sam. it's hobo chic um and it you know it's uh yeah actually i actually really like scrumpy so I, i'm normally someone who hates cider but uh the scrumpy is very fine indeed so i've been sampling fair bit of that recently yeah i remember
1: oh man i've had some nights on on that before just with some friends um and uh, yeah, it can be powerful stuff when you when you get into this grumpy. <laughs> but, uh, we shouldn't we shouldn't be talking cider on International Beer Day. It's it it's, true. it's true. It's blasphemous, really. Yep. I was going to say the um just on getting sort of segueing into what we were talking about just before we uh, started recording, which we'll get onto I'm sure shortly. But uh, the the guys at Cheddar Owls, if if you're listening into this week's episode, uh, maybe think about doing a a limited run, limited edition batch where. Uh, with every every can comes a a, a special one of a kind minted NFT, perhaps, uh, to to draw the attention of, of some of the NFT crowd. You never know, you might be onto, you know, a pioneer of of
0: beer NFTs. Yeah, it's a good idea. I think that I think somebody, considering the amount of hype there is for NFTs right now, any any NFT that can actually prove that it does something f- physically in the real world uh it's probably gonna it's probably gonna get a fair bit of attention i would imagine it would be an interesting idea did see how damien hurst tried to uh cash in on that where yeah, he created yeah. like what was it Th- it was more it was thousands of uh, of nfts and it was just a load of dots on a page and it just been randomized he probably didn't even look at all, all of them i mean there were just too many yeah yeah he probably he probably didn't but they were all issued as uh as as nfts just because people like that kind of thing um I have to say NFT hype is pretty nuts. I mean, I I purchased for the first time my first NFT this week. So officially the top is in. It yeah, is only going to go down, down from here. It's crashed. The <laughs> bell has been rung. I actually bought an NFT. You know, I've been skeptical about NFTs on previous uh, previous episodes Booze, Booms, Bust. I do, you know, I, I am, and as I said, as I've said previously, the actual mechanism that is uh, sort of taking place here, the reason everyone's got so excited about it, it does have a huge amount of potential. I mean, this is... This is effectively digital property rights have been created yeah. for the first time which exactly. is a really really big deal but of course you know whenever there is a great new market innovation markets get very very excited about it uh, <laughs> very very quickly maybe a little too excited about it this has happened all the way through history with canals bicycles railway lines the internet and uh, uh, this is no different so i think this is very much we are we are seeing a lot of uh, overblown hype for for what this is or at least the the applications that we're seeing it in aren't uh you know this is not the final form of nfts by any measure however that said you know i just thought you know this would be this would be interesting i made a bit of cash on um uh, on a nft token called the sandbox uh which is a little uh well it's not little actually it's quite big now there's a video hmm. game called sandbox where they effectively cloned minecraft though they wouldn't say that in their own words minecraft being the very very uh very it's like a
1: expensive. minecraft Decentraland hybrid
0: yeah, so Minecraft was, of course, for everyone listening, the uh, video game that was created uh, by, uh, what was it, Mojang, way back in yeah. early 2010s. became hugely successful because it allowed anyone to create whatever they wanted in this open world. And uh, effectively, what the sandbox is, is just taking that and then made it uh, with NFTs built in so uh, players can sell what they create uh, you know, to all the people for, a decentralized cryptocurrency called sand where holders can actually decide in the governance of the token. So whereas for other uh, video game currencies, like wow gold, for example, world of warcraft gold, which are, you know, uh, which are, you know, they're, they're so deep and liquid that they're, they're actually better than, um, you know, shitty fiat currencies, like the Bolivar. <laughs> yeah. I mean there are Venezuelans who literally do nothing but play wow gold at uh, world of warcraft every day in order to earn wow gold because wow, WOW gold is a stronger currency. Um, And, but you know, that uh, with WoW Gold, uh, it's Activision Blizzard who decide what happens with the WoW Gold supply. And there have been times where. uh,
1: Like, is it V Bucks that's on Fortnite as well?
0: Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, And there'll be times when the the people who control these currencies, when the economy, the in game economy gets out of hand, they actually Mm. will devalue. So uh, contrasting that with Sandbox, Sandbox, uh, the people who you can stake the token and you can influence governance decisions if mm-hmm. you do stake the token. So it's a, it's a new idea. Anyway, I, I was just playing the, this was my way of speculating on the NFT hype and, uh, and it paid off. So it pretty much doubled in a few weeks. So I thought i just, I'll take my initial stake and then I'll dump it and dump it into something else in the NFT world. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I've I have i have since acquired my first NFT, but Sam, you're much more you've been much more optimistic on NFTs in previous episodes. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're now seeing I think the floor price floor price sorry for CryptoPunks is about $140,000 for yeah, any CryptoPunk. Oh, uh, wow. pretty nuts. It's it's wild. I mean, I've I I I, I
1: I've got CryptoKitties from um, back when Crypto I remember kitties.
0: you raving yeah. about those back in 2017. Yeah.
1: And so I've I've, to, I've I've literally got like I mean I, I should check my account but I think I've got like a half dozen Crypto Kitties on 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 one of my Ethereum wallets I'm not exactly sure which one. Um that, really. I mean that was that was fun to be fair it was fun I I bought a couple I bred a couple myself and created some new ones and minted new ones from that that was a good bit of fun um, had some had some land in Decentraland as well which was which was a bit of fun as well and had had, had built my own little. Um, like a little play area to go and hang out on uh, in Decentraland. I actually still own a MIME NFT character uh, that you can use to play in Sandbox as well. So I've still got that. Um, it's literally just like, you know, a MIME. Right. <laughs> but it's NFT character. Um, what else have I got. I, got I, I, I minted some crypto trunks the other day on Ethereum which was uh, which was interesting and I think I messaged you about it and what it what it did is it tell it tells you how how many kilograms of carbon uh, of co2 that you've created by the transactions that you've had from your ethereum wallet oh it actually tells you that oh, yeah it actually tells you so what you do is you connect your wallet to the site and then what it does is it based on your transaction history and the amount of gas that you've spent over time it tells you effectively how many kilograms worth of co2 you've contributed because of the mining required to process all the gas transactions and that. So I connected two of my Ethereum wallets to it. One of them was like 7,300 kilograms of, of CO2 uh that i'd admitted and it said it was like 375 years or something to to offset that and the other one was even worse the other one was like over nine nine thousand kilograms of co2 based on the amount of gas that i'd spent which which does one of does one of two things it it tells me how obs- how many how many transactions I've made on ethereum which is utterly obscene <laughs> and especially because the bulk of those came over many years um, and if I add up the amount of ethereum that I've wasted on transaction fees I think I'd probably cry so I'm just not even gonna try and add it up <laughs> anymore but you're right man I've been even recently so I've been getting back into nfts and uh, just playing around buying a couple've except like I was saying offline, I've bought a couple on the Tezos blockchain now um, because it's cheaper and it's quicker and it's easier (laughs) to do than Ethereum. And I'm not sure I could justify spending $140,000 on a CryptoPunk. I'm not sure um, my my wife would be too happy about that. But, you know, 50 bucks on a a Tezos-based NFT, which isn't any different, really. Uh, I can stomach that, and she can probably stomach that. So <laughs> it's all good fun. Yeah. It, it is, it, it is fun. But you're right. It's, it's digital property, right? That's really the bigger picture here, the, the creation, the ability to trade digital property that can be applied to, to anything really. And that's, I think that's you, you bang on. That's
0: the bigger story here. I mean, provide the thing. I'm still trying to bend my head around. Like I can understand with CryptoPunks where, effectively, what you're seeing is not an actual image; it's a hash it's a hash of an image that then just gets sort of re-encoded back into an image. So it's just that data. And yeah, it's, it's like, how data. can you, how can you play, how can you apply that? I mean, you, can you just take a hash of a song? I mean, can you apply, how many things can you apply this to? Cause when it comes to physical objects, well, anything like, really, can you take a hash of a phys- physical object? I mean, how would you do it? Well, I mean,
1: I suppose you, you could, you, I mean, you could, you can translate anything that's physical into a, into a data set that's unique because every, every individual unique thing in the physical world, you know, you could replicate it in the digital world as a twin with its own unique, with its own unique hash. I mean, that's the beauty of blockchain networks and, Mm. you know, private key encryption and all that is that you can create those, those things and, and, and you can have them represented in the digital space. I think that's, I think that's kind of cool. And it's, it's, it is, you're right. It's hard to get your head around a bit to, to be honest, because, you know, and, and like, so, um, I think, I don't know if I sent you the link the other day, but there's there's an NFT auction. I'm not sure if it's finished. I must check or if it's still going. But it's, a, it's an NFT and, and physical auction that's being concurrently run side by side. And the physical thing is the application. It's a, it's a job application from Steve Jobs from 1981, which was, um, I can't remember what the job was for, but it, it might've been for Atari, I think. I think it was a job application for Atari. And um, subsequently, he got the job at Atari, met Steve Wozniak, and then they founded Apple. Um, so this was like two years, I think, before they founded Apple. So there's the physical auction of that job application, but there's also concurrently, the and it, there's an NFT of it as well that's being sold side by side. And the question is simply, what is more valuable, the physical or the digital version of this? And it's kind of like a, you know, a, just a, it's a good philosophical question as to what is value and where does value exist. Now, last time I checked the physical object was getting way more bids than the, than the NFT version of it, which isn't surprising, but I think it was like, I think the NFT was still, we're still talking tens of thousands of dollars, whereas the physical was up into the hundred, hundreds, of thousands, I think by this stage. Um, but effectively you know the the nft while you can't necessarily hold it in your hands is as original as the actual uh physical object that's 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 up for sale as well really i mean well the thing
0: for me the question for me is is whether or not nfts can actually do anything in the real world or whether or not they have to remain uh digital property rights for ip you know intellectual property in cyberspace and whether or not that's where they really belong Mm -hmm. because For for say, for example, that NFT of Steve Jobs is, uh, you know, his his job application, how accurately can, so effectively, that must have just been a scan of some sort, just a really accurate scan of a piece of paper. And if you wanted to, what if somebody, well, it's a physical piece of paper, so somebody else can scan that piece of paper and make an NFT off it. So how accurate must that first one be? So if we wanted to make, uh, to be very, very cliched, as everyone does, uh, it's all in uh, you know, journalism on NFTs is always the most cliche. So it's got to be the Mona Lisa, right? Yeah. We're always talking about the Mona Lisa. <laughs> yeah, so right. How accurate must the, the, the scanning of the Mona Lisa be to make sure that it, it accurately captures the reality of that image, the gravity of that image? Because it can't just be a shitty photo. It's got to be yeah. 10 out of 10 out of 10 out of 10. And it needs to capture everything about it. And yeah. whether or not that can really be done is what I, is, is kind of what I question with that. Because a scan of a piece of paper is a lot different from a piece of paper, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder if uh, you know, if, if multiple people can own the piece of paper, then multiple people, people can mint an NFT of a real item. Because it's not like you're minting an NFT of a copy of it. Yeah. You are minting one off the real one. I wonder yeah, yeah. whether or not that, that can really work, but that doesn't even in saying that even if NFTs fail to manage, you know, to to manifest value from the physical world, uh, I don't think that really even under undermines what the the gravity of what manifesting property rights in the digital world is actually going to do, uh, mm. but, because you know, I think the lesson of the last twenty years has been that everyone underestimates the internet until it's too late. So uh, the value of digital property, uh, you know, the world is only becoming more and more online. Yeah, I mean, digital it's, I, property is going to be huge.
1: I think there's, an, I mean, there's, there's an, obviously an element of subjective nature to it. But I think it, with something like that, you're right. The, the scan of the original document itself to replicate it as an NFT would have to be, you know, you want it to be super high resolution kind of thing, right? As, yeah. as like as if you were you could hold it up to your eye, the detail that you would get uh, from that. But I think what you what what you find is that where it's where it's a, a copy of the original itself, and you can you can create the NFT based off that, then that NFT itself will always be the copy of the original, not the copy of the copy kind of thing. And so, like anything, there's a, a subjective element to it. But and I know I think we've said this before is like you know there <laughs> like the, there's the Mona Lisa, then there's you know. Uh, uh maybe a copy let's say da-, da vinci did a copy of the mona lisa um yeah. you know it wouldn't be worth as much as the mona lisa but it'd still be worth a bit and then there's the 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 poster that you buy in the gift shop at the louvre yeah. <laughs> which you know is 20 bucks right yeah, yeah but, of- no,
0: but my 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 question is imagine if so say for this uh, steve jobs thing right imagine i'm i'm uh you know i'm mr uh I am mr. Uh, you know nouveau riche Chinese billionaire and I buy both of them right so I yeah. got I got the original and I got the NFT uh, and then I take the original make a new NFT out of it yeah so it might so it doesn't need to be a, an NFT of a clone it can be an NFT of the original again just another yeah, one
1: which is which is fa- which is f- a fair point point. and then then all of a sudden you're talking about um, demand and supply and scarcity of assets right so yeah. you know if he printed ten of them, he'd only be diminishing the value of the one that he already had, anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah. But Wolfie, he didn't tell anybody, and he was like, "But I mean, it's all on a public <laughs> blockchain, so obviously, you know, people are going to see it." See well, that's the other thing: the transparency of, of a blockchain is that yeah. he could do that, but everyone would know. Yeah, yeah. So it's but, not but like it's not like you know value you, to it because it would still be a hash of an incredible piece of art.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but then imagine if imagine if the original document gets gets destroyed in a in a house fire. Or, yeah. a, or a museum fire and then it doesn't exist at all anymore and then the mm. only the only version of it left alive apart from maybe photos that people take in like the uh, the actual copy of the original which is an nft and then all of a sudden you're like well what's what's the value of it then because there is no original anymore
0: okay well, and then now let's take it a step further so mr mr uh, nouveau Rich chinese billionaire uh, takes you know, buys the original Steve Jobs one, he makes an NFT of it, and he buys the NFT of it as well. So he's, he's cloned the NFT himself. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he offends the Chinese Communist Party. And uh, they burn down, it, burn down his house. So he, he does it, the original is destroyed. And then, just to screw him over, they send both NFTs to an invalid Ethereum address. Oof. So they're burned, lost they're forever, lost, lost forever. forever. I mean, visible,
1: visible on the blockchain, like a yeah, museum.
0: Vision. Yeah, effectively, That's a cool one, Is that because that, that it's visible on the blockchain? You can see the art itself. Yeah, but it's destroyed. There's no property. I mean, communists must love this idea. I mean, they Imagine just send that. everything to a, to a, an invalid address.
1: The, the idea that the 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 underlying blockchain itself becomes this museum. Of, mm. of
0: of 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 actions over time yeah which cannot be owned it's, in a way it's a perfect museum because yeah. no one's good, no one can steal anything from it right no I mean, exactly cool idea cool I, we've just we've just come up with a good idea everyone who owns a decent nft just has to send it to a burn address and so it's now just part of history so long i as mean there's, mining, the, we're good. there's
1: there's a slight caveat on that is that to see the image itself it does need to be stored somewhere where the image itself can be seen because like at the NFT itself is effectively code. Mm-hmm. So un- unless you would have some sort of um, uh, a graphical interface that could interpret that code into a, a physical item, uh, a, a visual item, which not nece- I don't think that necessarily is the case is that most of them still draw from uh, a, 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 a server or the interplanetary file yep. system, the IPFS. Uh, so I think as long as it's stored on the IPFS, uh, then you'd
0: be okay, basically, for right, yeah. eternity. So, sorry, I, I, so far I've been thinking in the same terms of the way crypto punks are minted, where it's a ha- it's a hash of the algorithm, so it, it it can be generated automatically based on the data in that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When you, when it's drawing on a on a on a file on a server, that to me, when it's like a file on a server, man, then it becomes it becomes way less special because it's yeah. still held by a centralized body somewhere. All you all you own is the key. To a safe that's uh, managed by somebody else
1: yeah effectively i mean it's like lending it's like when people buy art and lend them out to museums i mean you you've you've bought something that you you kind of control but don't really also control as well mm, um yeah. yeah i mean it's it, like you say it's an interesting space the, the idea though of, of of taking you know like crypto punks um the, the the thing is i remember when crypto punks first came out and i was just like phew, What's these pixelated faces that, that are worth, you know, six tenths of fuck all eighth? And it's like, yeah, I'm like, no one's going to want those. That was a bit stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't, like,
0: you couldn't, no one. No, you see, couldn't have known. You could no not. one realistically no, foresaw what was going to happen there. No, no, definitely not. All the people who, book, there are guys out there. Somebody figured out there's somebody with an address. I think it's got 14 crypto punks in it. No, no, and it's, 100 and, it's 141 crypto punks. What there's a guy and the the is this hasn't the same touched one? it for four years. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, it's a it hundred.
1: It. It's hundred and forty-one.
0: This guy's a billionaire and doesn't know it.
1: <laughs> I was thinking I was, about that, so I was running the numbers on it, and I was figuring out if you did have access to a wallet that you'd forgotten about, and then you realized that you had hundred and forty-one crypto punks on it, which you could effectively saturate and flood the market with. Yeah, um, you
0: could wreck the market with that you many, could You yeah. could quite very well wreck the market. Or could you, could you though? Because the auction system, as I see it in OpenSea, it's not like you can just market sell this stuff. Yeah, you can, you can set it, you can set a fixed price. Oh, right, right. Oh, yes. And you could put the fixed price really low.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah, could, yeah. you could, I could see, you know, if I had 141
0: CryptoPunks, I could set a fixed price for all of them at, you know, at eight, one eighth if I wanted to. But I think there's so much, I don't even think that many, because remember, you're not, if you're selling them at such a low price, you're not you're not uh, you're not decreasing the demand yeah, that yeah, much, yeah. I don't think, because so many people have got so much money to yeah, spend. Yeah. I don't think say, you'd oh, crash the really market. I think it. you
1: could I think you could you could pull it back though. So you would if you're right, if you set it at one, you'd just have greater demand and they'd just get eaten up alive.
0: But I mean there you, was that you know, there was that there was that um I was earlier this week. There was that dude who transferred one for a cent. And yeah. you were saying he was just this was just uh, either sending to a mate or Seemed Um,
1: like it. Yeah. Seemed like it because it just was, it was too abnormal. It was a private transaction that it was never listed on OpenSea. It was, it was recorded as, as just, as I say, as a private transaction off chain. So I'm not off chain off, off um, OpenSea's site. So I don't know. It seemed a bit, seemed a bit weird. I I think it was probably more made out of it than it actually was.
0: Yeah. It was just a peculiarity, you know, I mean, Do you think, uh, you know, let's let's let the imagination run wild here. Can imagine somebody comes up with a quantum computer and does some kind of uh, 51 percent attack on Ethereum and in their version of the network, which they fork off, they send all the crypto punks and every NFT to a burn address. How about that?
1: Imagine that. Or imagine you've just got so you've got crypto punks and you just you're so disgustingly rich you're just like I'm forever going to you know put this out of the hands of everyone and like you say just send it to to a wallet where maybe you do have the private key and then you 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 burn the private key you get rid of it you know you you just leave it there for in for eternity to never be moved never be transferred uh never be sold never be bought it is just
0: it just is but the thing is, people could still look at them, uh, as yeah. you were saying, because with CryptoPunks, you don't even need the file to be there. It's just a uh, it's just a hash of an algorithm that's that's out there on the blockchain. So uh, you'd be everyone will be able to look at see what they look like, but uh, they would never be able to own one, which uh, yeah, we call this guy. He's called the quantum communist. Right. There's this chap who is out there and he's he's against the inter- he's against private property in the Internet. So he wants to be against private property in the real world, but his, his real strength is, is on the internet. And he, he goes on a vendetta against NFTs, and he just sends every single one that he can to a burn address on the Ethereum blockchain. So everyone can look at it. It's a grand ethereal museum, but nobody, nobody can actually appreciate it. I mean, yeah, I mean, this would be, this would be a great plot for a movie.
1: <laughs> the, great, the great NFT heist.
0: something (laughs) like that yeah or yeah the great the great what would it be it'd be something about punks they'd make some there'd be some joke about punks it'd be um oh i don't know i
1: mean it but it is what i mean it's wild right i mean uh, this time last year you know crypto punks were selling for like an eighth or maybe a couple of eighth. yeah
0: um and now we're talking about literally Yeah, we joked about it back then right i think we did on on the show
1: M- millions Literally, i think 7.1 million was the most expensive so far um i think it's now there's there's one that's been listed or has an asking price of 90 million dollars
0: i think there's one even more than that, than 7 million um it's on the uh let's see if i find the oh
1: there was the Christie. they're not christies the sotheby's one i think was 10 million or something we've
0: got a top sales Oh no, you're right. Yeah, seven and a half million. Is that alien? I mean, one. to be
1: fair, if I, had 10 mil, if I had 10 million bucks to spend on art, I don't know if I'd be spending it on a crypto punk. I probably would be spending it on an original Damien Hurst or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, not Damien Hurst, mate. Don't da- Not Damien Hurst. Or maybe uh, not Damien Hurst, but like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you guess, you guess I'm real in, in a real. in
1: real. A Warhol or something.
0: <laughs> I, um, I, because it's funny how we were talking about this because, well, I mean, I did kind of bring it up myself when it comes to sending, sending, uh, sending. An artifact to a burn address and so nobody can actually an invalid ethereum address and so nobody can access it again but um you know i was thinking you know that a lot of a lot of modern art i i i view and this is very much my personal views which i'm sure are not the same as many of the people who would listen to this or uh, or maybe they are but uh, personally i'm i think a lot of modern art having gone to quite a few modern art museums i am very uh, I really don't like it very much, and I was thinking if I were if I were a billionaire, I'd probably buy a lot of it discreetly and then destroy it all. Uh, <laughs> Nobody uh, about it, and that would just be my my way of blowing the cash. Yeah. You know, just that'd be the catharsis. You just put it all into a dumpster and then set it on fire. But, See, I'm, uh, I'm
1: kind of the opposite. I I I quite like some of the modern art. I I don't mind the sort of the pop art and. And, and stuff like that like um well
0: pop art is quite old i mean that's not that like well there's sort of the, the
1: modern art. takes on it with, with um uh, there's some really great japanese um artists and uh, who's who's the other one that i was i was i can't remember i was it i was, at, I was at, when last time i was in amsterdam i went there was a gallery there that had banksy stuff and i think it had cause sculptures um and some of the oldest sort of street art stuff from like um uh, what's his name uh, uh is it herring i think keith keith herring um new york street new york sub, uh, subway street artist oh, right. um, which again it's not necessarily modern well it is but bit modern but i don't know i kind of I, I tend to like newer stuff but yeah i just that's like right it to, i like to look i like it to look at I, the thing i struggle with is like i can see the beauty in things like you know, Van Gogh and Rembrandt and Matisse and all those sorts, you know, the great, some of the greats. Um, I can see this, the you know, the skill in it, but I don't enjoy looking at it as much, if you know what I
0: mean. That's fair enough. It's fair enough. Everyone, each to their own. I think for me, um, I, I think, well, I mean, you're speaking about some of the, sort of the greats of uh, earlier, like you're talking about stuff from the 80s uh, when it comes to street art, which was its own thing. Hmm. um and i think that's fair enough i think i've just been to too many modern art museums where they like you're just referring to a guy who was who was sort of a titan of his time yeah. if you look to everyone who wasn't as cool as he was at the time you'd probably like it just looks True. like trash i True. mean i've been to too many modern art exhibitions i think so if you go to um what's the name of that chap who was married to uh, the uh the the um kitchen presenter on tv what's her name um, what's her name damn it i don't know <laughs> see my short-term memory just goes immediately as soon as uh, he's gone Art, the billionaire chap he's got an art, mu- um, art museum in london uh, that's named after him and what is his name i need to find his name anyway you know oh, I, the uh, saatchi gallery yes that's it saatchi so if you go to the saatchi gallery i mean there's not much in there that i would spare if i were a billionaire right yeah but so it's very very I see what you mean. Yeah. It's so self-indulgent and it is so at the same time just bashing everything that uh, I you know I just I just want to get rid of it.
1: Like a fucking so like
0: banana, just... like a banana hammered to a wall. <laughs> <laughs> well got you know someone got close to that, close to that, Sam. Um, oh dear. but anyway, I need to get my second beer. What which one do yeah. you want?
1: Uh, so I have shifted onto uh the mariachi which uh, as as i said earlier is a mexican lager with a 4.7 percent abv now (laughs) i've I've shot myself in the foot early on saying i'm straddling parts you know both sides of the world when reality it's called the mariachi it's a mexican lager but it's brewed by two tribes brewing company in london Oh, dear. So look, it's, you know, by name, it's a uh, foreign beer, but by creation, it is uh, domestic. Uh, But a 4.7% ABV, uh, Mexican lager yeast and Columbus hops create a dry beer with undertones of resiny citrus um so uh yeah i've gone from an ale to a lager um and i must say i did so far the uh the mexican lager is 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 doing favors for me i'm I'm quite enjoying it it's very crisp uh like it says that's got a bit of a uh tarty citrus uh flavor to it which i quite like in a lager um yeah so far so very good
0: all right how would you rate that one the mexican lager
1: oh well actually sorry no i've got to rate the founders don't i um Coming full circle back to what that was. Um, I got I got so intri- I got so involved in our NFT discussion, I didn't really notice it. And to be fair, <laughs> if I haven't really noticed the beer while I'm drinking it and talking about it, uh, I think it's a good and a bad thing, right? It's kind of like I could drink plenty more of these without too much trouble. Um, but at the same time, it didn't, it's not like every time I was drinking it, it was like, ah, oh, that's so good. Um, so I think I'd give it a I think I'd just give it a B minus uh for yeah. being very easy to drink. And and it was nice, but but somewhat forgetful at the same time.
0: No, no, I think that's good. It's like, you know, beer in some way, sometimes beer can be a means to an end. And if it stimulates conversation, then I think that's uh, I think that's, a, that's high praise. It certainly indeed. served its purpose. Indeed. Um, on that bigger bully I had by Cheddar Ales, first time I've had it, small batch brew, very nice indeed. Uh, of course, you know, there is some bias involved as we are partnered with Cheddar <laughs> <ales>. However, <laughs> I mean, I certainly... <laughs> <laughs> triple b mate triple b yeah i mean we can't really we can't really rate uh our our own our own stuff you know from our from our kindred spirits over at cheddar however this was very nice indeed if you do get a chance to have some it's a small batch one so they don't always do it very refreshing doesn't taste 104 7.4 that's for sure and uh yeah very refreshing for a humid day like this uh, even if it's cloudy outside but you know still kind of humid it's uh that'd be a good one i would give this one though of course you know that you do this one with an asterisk sam uh, when when we're recording this i i would give this one a b um i'm now on to another of uh from cheddar ales i've managed to you know search out a very old you know a classic blockhead 6.25 oh. deep amber ale i remember the, the the only time that we did one of these podcasts in person sam was when we were having these uh very nice indeed but i have managed get an we? old one that's right
1: yeah we were at the office weren't we
0: yeah, we were. We were. And very relevant today with us talking about uh, NFTs. Though, I mean, Bitcoin's not really the, the NFT one, but... Uh, wait, well, are there any it's not. NFTs on the blockchain, on the Bitcoin blockchain?
1: Um, not that I'm aware of. There are NFTs on some of the side chains that uh, are merge mined with Bitcoin. Like Rootstock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know Sovereign minted some NFTs uh and they're they're on rootstock which is say is merge mind with bitcoin uh yeah. so you know when you know and and i would i would think that there will be more actually because so i remember a couple of weeks ago or whenever when jack dorsey was saying that they're launching a specific DeFi focused company um what was it what they call it what do they call it tba or something like that
0: yeah um i not that was tba like to be announced.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if it's to be announced or if it's actually called TBA. You think it's actually got, like, as <laughs> <it's> a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I genuinely think it may be called TBA. No, no. Imagine, though.
0: Imagine. What would it stand for? To the be announced. Blockchain Association.
1: No, just to be announced.
0: <laughs> it's just fucking with people. The N slash A. We're called N slash A. What does it mean? It's not applicable, mate. It's just not applicable. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, anyway. <laughs> The, so their focus is DeFi uh, on
1: Bitcoin. And I mean, you, you, you get the feeling that Dorsey doesn't do things in half measures, right? You know, when when he, when he launched Square originally, everyone was like, oh yeah, you know, some pet project of Dorsey's. And it's like one of the biggest payments. He just bought a, a $29 billion company in Australia after pay one of the buy now, pay later companies. Square yeah. is a behemoth of the... Uh, TradFi <laughs> industry now, um, and um, you know, same with Square Crypto. You know, he's not; it he doesn't do things in half measures. And then to, to launch a specific Bitcoin DeFi company focusing on on development of DeFi with Bitcoin, I, I, I genuinely think people have really not appreciated how significant that is. And I, I so again, the tribal nature of of, of crypto people is is obscene um and i think it's actually quite nah, a it's not obscene,
0: man it's, it's just
1: it's just it the is. way of mine My, well, maybe it's the way of man, but i think it's just it's ridiculous that um yeah i look i get it i mean i get it but i
0: think it's stupid um there's the, crypto hooliganism it, it it's is it's, it's
1: you know what and it is it's a fair bit of bro culture right um it's like hooliganism yeah, it, it is. It is. It is. It's very. It's. It's. Yeah, hooligans. Just America.
0: imagine football teams and their fans. I mean. This yeah, is- true. I mean, that's what it is. It is. It's, like the real, it? the real hardcore hooligans are not the developers. Mm. No, no, they're not. Um,
1: but anyway, I think it's. I think you know we'll see. We'll, we'll see NFTs on. I mean, we do. We already see it on multiple chains now. Um, uh, just Ethereum was it was the first mover. I mean, really, when you wind it, wind it right back to you know to what dapper labs were doing with crypto kitties um and, and all that and, and, and subsequently what they've done with you know nba top shots and um obviously the sandbox with um dapper and Anamoka brands and then there's decentraland which is you know is expanding at a great rate or not so um, there's a lot of cool shit happening in this space it's um it's cool it's good stuff. It's, it's hard. I get, I get why it's hard for a lot of people to get their head around as well. You know, what's the value, what, you know, subjective, is there any objective value to it? And, you know, the idea of existing in a virtual world or online is difficult for some people to get their head around, but you know, it's also a cultural sort of generational thing, which we'll see um, more and more of it come along. So I don't know. I just think it's a really cool, really cool space. It's getting people interested in, in, blockchain technology and cryptocurrency and developing and it's giving people artists you know uh, uh, arenas that maybe they didn't have before and i just like i just like new stuff and it's although it's not technically new it's uh, the explosion of it at the moment is is pretty wild which is, is wild.
0: on that on that sam i would like uh, yeah i'd be interested to know your your thoughts on it because i wonder what the explosion of NFTs recently, to the backdrop of a falling crypto market, until relatively, recently. you know, it's quite it's quite recent the turnaround we've seen. Yeah, uh, I wonder what your what your take on that is because the last big blowout we saw on NFTs we started really in twenty twenty, uh, and it went into early twenty twenty one as well. And the fact that NFTs are now pumping again, I wonder yeah. how much of it's forward indicator, or how much, or whether or not it's a top indicator. Uh, what would you what would you make on that?
1: Um, yeah, so what was it? It was April, start of May when the first big NFT boom sort of hit, and then they all fell off to about early July, uh, mid July, and then about mid July, I think it was about 15th or 16th of July, the NFT market started getting red hot again, and there were you know NFT sales volumes. So they're like, I saw an interesting statistic, I think it was from OpenSea. And it was something like, I think by the end of two thousand and twenty, uh, OpenSea had done something like uh, what was it? I think it was about twenty million dollars in aggregate gross volume, and then by year to date this year, they've surpassed a billion dollars of aggregate gross volume in NFTs. Now, that, that I, I, let me let me just rehash those numbers can for that everyone last. listening. Can From, that from 20 million gross aggregate volume to over a billion in about six months. That is how white-hot the NFT market has got in 2020. And that's a peak and a trough and, a, and another peak again. Um, you you it's, it's hard not to draw comparisons with the ICO market in 2017. And or the dot-com boom. Or the dot-com boom. But... Um, but but then again, we did see it with NFTs in twenty seventeen, right? It, it, it's just that comparably, it, it it was fractional compared to what we're seeing now, and and maybe it's, may I don't know, maybe it's just a byproduct of you know maybe it's, I don't know. I, I want to I just want to draw. I want to say it's maybe it's inflation. <laughs> maybe it's why maybe it's why Manchester City's paid one hundred million dollars for Jack Grealish. Uh, I mean I don't know. It's it's the volumes are are, are are again obscene but then in this scheme of things a billion billion dollars through open sea you know maybe more than that it's you know a drop in the ocean compared to the broader art market or collectibles markets um you know well, it's it's really just skimming the surface so far still i think
0: it is it is it's true but whether or not they are the same market i mean i guess a lot of our conversation is is whether or not the physical art market market is the same as multi digital market but then yeah. you've know, the got likes of sotheby's thinks that it is and Sotheby's knows an awful lot about selling art of any variety. So they've clearly made their decision there. I'm sure they're very informed with it. I do wonder, you know, here, here, we'll, we'll add some cynical spin to this. How much? Give it to me straight, Sam. How much of this is just money
1: laundering? I would have to think a lot of it. I would have to think a lot of it. <laughs> lot
0: of it. Um, yeah. So Here you are. You've just done a big arms deal somewhere, somewhere <laughs> yeah. sandy right yeah You've taken a load of soviet era weaponry and uh, you've sold it in a sandy uh, in a sandy area to a to a uh, a group of um freedom fighters so-called over there uh you've, you've ended up with a load of cash of some variety um you know you need to find a way of getting out and there's this really hot market coming up the kids are really big on cold nfts and crypto punks for that matter it, could there be? Could this actually be the the exhaust for for said funds that one has accrued?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yes, and and think about it this way. Let's say you're a very very wealthy billionaire, and that you've got a significant tax bill that's coming in, and you need to create some write offs. You need to have some losses on your books, and you've got, you know, you've you bought a crypto punk for you know, 500 grand and it's worth 2 million now and you decide to sell it into the market or perhaps sell it through a private transaction to somebody for uh, 150,000, which, you know, wouldn't be, out, wouldn't be crazy out of the question. Um, uh, you know, and you, you're effectively recording a loss of a, you know, at least a couple of hundred thousand dollars really on the original purchase uh, under the provision that whoever you just sold it to, you'll probably buy it back from them at some point. In the near future for the same amount uh thereby registering a pretty significant tax loss um uh, and and really being no worse off <laughs> yeah I, I have no i have no doubt that that is certainly part of it
0: yeah yeah you have to take the good with the bad as always when it comes to uh, new innovation like this um you know we have we have just been dwelling. I mean, this will be our sort of our biggest NFT podcast that I, I think we've done, Sam. This has been, been the so most NFT, all the NFTs, <laughs> yeah, triple B episode. So we'll probably stick with it for uh, for this episode. This will be the the NFT episode. Um, like thinking about it, I was uh, like one of the things I got quite interested in NFTs, and one of the things why I, I was uh, why I you know, as everyone does, they've always got the the uh, the regret of not participating earlier, right? got... The fear of missing out is always driven by the the regret of not participating earlier, right? Yeah. And uh, I was there's a there's a trading card game. It, it, one of the things that is absolutely like ridiculous to me is when when you're talking about uh, you know things that are still in development that have gone live and have gone commercial already when they've not even been released. Yeah. It's something we see more and more and more of. You used to get it, like video games are probably an easy example. Uh, you know, games used to be released after that they had been, they'd been tested for bugs and after that they had been vetted very well by the game testers. And now, then, the, then there was the idea of, well, we're gonna release an alpha of the game. Or, well, actually, yeah. the, it began as we're gonna release the beta version of the game yeah. after the alpha, after it's about I had a few more of the kinks ironed out. And uh, but then it became, too, we're going to just release the alpha of the game. And there are games that have been released in alpha that are still in alpha and have been so for, you know, years now. Yes. They've never left alpha. So it's still full of bugs. And they're, you know, people, but they're still taking money from people who want to play it earlier, etc., etc. Uh, and so with NFTs, uh, there was a very interesting idea of making a trading card game, a digital trading card game that uh, is based around nft so you buy nft versions of the cards you can get physical versions with an which include their own nft of the card and uh, it's called parallel or and it's about uh you know the the idea of the game is humanity has reached a recent area where in the future where they've messed around with antimatter trying to trying to get more energy so the world's run out of energy and they've tried to find some desperate way out. And using antimatter has blown humanity around. And there are now people in different parts of the universe. And it, humanity is now evolving in five different ways. And so you have five different decks, and you can play against each other with uh, using the sort of extreme versions of humanity that are exhibited by each faction, etc. Now, all of the cards haven't been released yet. The rules of the game have not been released yet. Oh, and wow. yet there are versions of the It's not even any rules. No 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 how the game is actually played or oh, oh, the, the only thing that, to my knowledge that has been released is you need 40 cards in a deck right uh, you have to just stick with your faction but you know how each how you attack your opponent is not clear right ah. it, not being this has not been made clear at all uh, and yet you have uh, you know cards from this from this game some people are listing them for like $250,000 wow um, though I am told they've done a very interesting thing with nfts uh, which is Thanks to the, the the ingenuity of smart contracts, you can buy a masterpiece version of a card. So this is where you own. Uh, sort of this version of a card which has the art and looks very, very cool. Uh, and you can't actually play this card, but it's masterpiece. So the idea is it's a piece of art, but you will earn a 1% royalty on any of the Ethereum sales of the cards that it's based off. You'll earn one percent of all of that. So you'll earn rent effectively by owning this one masterpiece version of it, which is very clever. Uh but you know there is you know they've they've only done one pack release and already the you know everything went completely mental. The next one's (laughs) gonna be in October. I to my shame you know I was aware of parallel I did not participate in their um, their release of the packs where you um, you, know, you buy four cards for. one eighth yeah and now you're gonna be it's you know it's hard to find uh, a lot of cards with uh, which are going for less than one ETH. there are a few but good luck getting four cards for <laughs> one ETH. you know there's all that all, there's all that fear of missing out and then there's the uh, I I've not bought any parallels See, but
1: my, my question with that is if this is gonna be a game and there are cards that are selling for you know an eighth's worth about two thousand seven hundred. Yeah, how seven how three. is anyone going to have enough money to play the game right well, why can't. would you play the game the game becomes redundant it's not a game anymore it just yeah. it's like it's like Perfect. if you had if you had a pocket one of those really rare exclusive pokemon cards that's worth like 30 40 grand or whatever as if you'd play that and potentially lose it in a game against yeah, somebody yeah.
0: So but therefore, if
1: the all the cards in the entire game are worth so much money each, you'd never play it.
0: Well, okay, the thing, the, their caveat to this, because of course the people who've been developing are like worried about, about that to some degree. Yeah. they said when the game is actually released, so you will be able to effectively plug in your NFTs. So you'll, you'll be able to you know, have your NFTs yourself and not need to give them to another platform. You'll be able to do it through the Ethereum network. They have said that you will be, uh, it will be possible to play the game with at no cost to yourself. So there will be cards released that are effectively like zero, but you can, you'll can, you be able to own the ones that you really like. Uh, so they, when the actual game is released, they've said you'll be able to play the game without, uh, you know, there will be effect, effectively uh, free cards or much cheaper cards going down the line. But this is a massive problem um for for it they, but they've created some it's very cool artwork it's a very cool idea that they've got yeah i've
1: i've, I've seen the cards and they are really they look t- just delightful as some some of the detail on on them is um it's just phenomenal they 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 look wonderful um and i uh yeah and and i i kind of i kind of get why there's, there's popularity around it but yeah i just i just think as a game the the unfortunate part about the way in which it's done like this is that i think you're right. I mean, they could, like you said, they could issue, you know, if you, if you hold these cards, they could issue you a zero ETH value of that card or something to play the actual game. And, you know, you have like a separate wallet account for your, if you're playing cards, but then, you know, the ones that are worth a lot of money or whatever, you know, you know, you can still hold, you could sell to somebody else and they effectively then get the rights to the zero you know dollar version or something i don't know but it just seems like what they're doing is selling artwork to fund the game
0: <laughs> yeah yeah effectively effectively i i can easily imagine where you know you'd be playing the game for example and you would know whether or not your opponent was playing with cards they owned or cards they didn't so it's yeah. kind of just like a, a status flex so it's like you know i own this car i actually own this card i and i and i can play it um and all of these other cards are, you know, marked in a different color or something. Yeah. And that means that they haven't bought the cards. But um, I think it, it's a cool idea for an actual card game, which is based on NFT. So imagine if you can actually play with other people <laughs> over the internet, but without needing to engage, uh, without needing to use someone else's server space, ultimately, yeah. is is a very cool idea. Because that's how pretty much all the other games uh, work. I'm, I'm a massive sucker for... Um, well, not massive sucker, but there was one... Uh, uh, trading card game called gwent which was uh, if you've heard of the the witcher they made a netflix series of it yeah the video games for the witcher and the third game they finally released uh, inside the game is a mini game where you can uh, play gwent which is uh, you know just a collecting card game but it's inside the game and it was so successful inside the game there's so many people spending you know when they're meant to be playing the full campaign and understanding the story instead all they're doing was trying to collect all of the all the gwent cards in the game and uh you know uh, and beat all of the the hardest people at playing gwent they then spun this out to create its own mini game called gwent which was a very good game but the thing is like you don't and you can upgrade the cards so they're animated and everything but you don't actually own the cards it's just your profile within that multiplayer game it's not actually in your possession whereas nft of a card would be would be quite cool i wonder you know um with Magic the Gathering being the yeah. uh, the old school, extremely expensive card game to play. I remember when I was very young, we had some old copy of the Guinness World Records. that was from the 90s, and uh, I was reading the, I remember this record, for some reason I've remembered it, Well, one won the record for the most expensive, or it may have been the most expensive um, card or it was the biggest trophy pot that somebody earned playing a card game it was only old Magic the Gathering once mm. and that was like 90s and Magic the Gathering, the old school cards still go for ridiculous valuations it was, it was huge
1: man, when I was at school it was like all that anything, it was like the card game that, yeah. that, the, that the nerds played um. mm.
0: and it still is it <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: it's probably made made them all ridiculously
0: wealthy <laughs> from owning the original cards Big time. If like, people have held on to them, then you can get really minted with it. But you know what's, what's,
1: um I was just saying what's interesting about the, sometimes some of the way that we're discussing um, how these, how NFTs sort of uh, work and how they can be used and how they can be sold and, and things like that is I, I keep coming back to the idea that if you're a company and you're looking to raise funds, a lot of this, you know, a lot of these, these developments and projects sound like Kickstarter projects or crowdfunding yeah, funding, um, that you could, you know, you could issue NFTs instead of, you know, as as your reward for 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 crowdfunding, you know, the, the company to get, you know, a game or a product or something off the ground. Um, I mean, I'm I'm sure that you, you would, you, you could get it to slide under the same rules and regulations as crowdfunding companies and things like that. If you start going beyond that and issuing NFTs as like, um, almost like well, really you're issuing nfts as stock in the company which i still think is a really big area that no one's really talking about is that if you're a company and you're looking to go to the capital markets so you don't want to list on a public market you want to do something innovative you could effectively issue uh as, you know nfts in the company um
0: it's well, just like doing an ico it's just an ICO.
1: Which is, which is effectively an ICO, but the difference is that with NFTs, you could have, you know, you could mint 10 FT, NFTs that have, you know, certain reward benefits for within the company as well, or, you know, 100 that are at like level two or something like that. So almost, you know, like BrewDog has its levels of, um, you know, the more shares you own, you're at different levels of rewards and things like that. You could effectively bundle that up into an NFT and have that represented by, by those as well. I just yeah. think- the 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 scope, like you said earlier, you know, we're talking about digital property. Uh, really, is the, is the bigger idea? here is that you can start to roll that out to just so many things beyond, you know, like we've we've spoken about art and games and things like that. But you know, I, I genuinely think that we'll see, and you know, I think somebody's already done it, but I'm, I can't be one hundred percent sure that you know, you, people will sell their property um, using NFTs as, as effectively almost a, a contract of ownership. Uh, over the NFTs that you can you can effectively bundle the title to a property as an NFT and sell that uh, to to prove ownership rather than having to go through all the rigmarole of solicitors and
0: but how is the law gonna how, how are you going to be able to appeal to the law to enforce the uh, the sales and things like that uh, well, again,
1: you'd have to be you'd have to be able to be personally identifiable with a particular wallet that you've transferred it to, and and, and so forth. But if you can prove ownership of the wallet or have your identity linked to a specific wallet, you could prove transfer of ownership um, pretty easily.
0: Yeah, I think. Um, well, you know how we we were discussing Magic the Gathering earlier. Uh, the owner of Magic the Gathering have said that they are now interested in making NFTs. Yeah. And previously, I, I was thinking, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking, you know, as soon as they do this, the, you know, the value of those NFTs is going to absolutely explode. And that may well still be the case if they manage to get it to market on time. But at this rate, considering the amount of craziness we've seen in the NFT market just over the past couple of weeks, I'm starting to think that when Magic the Gathering arrives to start minting their new ones, that will be the top of the market. I mean, that is going to be, you know, when the old school, it would be, it would be so fitting considering the, uh, the tragedy of Mt. Gox, which was originally a, a Magic the Gathering trading hub, uh, which became a Bitcoin trading hub, which then, uh, of course, collapsed in massive, uh, in, in grievous style. It would be ironic, I think, if Magic the Gathering itself turned up to start selling NFTs. And that was what took down was... the entire NFT market. <laughs> oh
1: dear, that was the beginning of the end. Mm.
0: Oh dear, yeah. they're definitely going to do it. They're definitely going to do it. But Sam, yeah. uh, we have been we have been reeling on for some time now. Uh, yeah. Do you have any uh, any closing remarks? Uh, we've got to we've got to rate our last beer. Sadly, I cannot rate our last beer. Uh, my my last beer, blockhead. <laughs> uh a great uh you know a great vintage this block had 6.25 percent to celebrate the 6.25 block reward uh it was a winner and it still is a winner if you can get your hands on some uh you know you, it'll be really hard to do these days but if you can do your best because it is a winner but sam what are you drinking
1: uh so the mariachi mexican lager from two tribes uh very very good very good lager i uh i'm quite impressed with that it's um I'm gonna give that a B plus.
0: Oh, very good. This has been. Ew, we've had some decent ratings here today. It's all Bs, it's triple B. Good, three good Bs. beers. Good beers on International Beer Day. Yeah. If it's not, if it's not Magic the Gathering, it's gonna be us minting triple B NFTs that sinks the market. You know open. what?
1: We should, we should, we should mint. Uh, we should mint a, a triple B, booze, booms, and bust NFT, or a couple of NFTs, dolly yeah. something up and uh, and give them away
0: yeah that'd be a good idea i'll yeah. uh yeah that would be that'd be quite cool we could get some right, it'd be interesting to see what we could actually do with actually what the what the nft looks like and whatnot that'd be that'd be fun
1: yeah we might uh solicit our audience for uh some designs perhaps to because uh, i'm i'm shit at, at designing. <laughs> <laughs> so we might uh, go to our audience if you're interested in designing a booze booms and bust uh nft for us helping us to mint that as a giveaway uh then yeah reach out to us on twitter and let us know
0: yeah i was thinking of uh we may be making some some merch at some point in the near future so we do need to make sure our logo and everything is, is spruced up and adequate um but no yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be good to have some anyone to want to help in? us
1: with the logo as well
0: come on down Uh, do you know what
1: as a reward i actually do still have some quantitative ease and some blockhead uh beers in my office so uh happy to to arrange some sort of barter agreement in beers for anybody willing to help uh with some of
0: these things there we have it the world's greatest currency is in fluid ounces of but crypto beer is the new currency That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. Well, thank you very much to all who have tuned in today to our 52nd episode. It has been quite a ride so far, and I look forward to all of our future episodes. It'll shall be, uh, it be quite a voyage, I'm sure. We are in season two now, and uh, no, it's, it's good to be back. Very good indeed. I hope you have enjoyed listening to this one. Feel free to give us a follow on Twitter, and we shall be back next time. I hope you're having a good weekend. Hope you enjoy it with a few beers, and we'll see you then.